What's up, bitches? It's episode 10 of Stick and Rink. We have reached double digits for the double time, and it is just as big of a fucking event for us now as it was the first time because tips are frosted again. Uh, the Capitol has been stormed. Uh, Washington has fallen. And that's not even the biggest news of the day. The Cleveland Browns are the fucking kings of the playoffs, and that's the world we live in right now. Um, I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna kick it over to Josh with the not the fresh fade, but the fresh the fresh fuck on his head. Uh, how you doing, Frosty? Oh, harder, baby. I'm doing well, boys. That was Uh, such a a better one. I could have said the fresh frost. That would have been better. That's okay. That's okay. But that's the the thing we deal with with our intros is they're not scripted. You just say whatever you want. Um, Hence the the U.S. joke there. But yes, (laughs) the frosted tips are back. I, I was thinking about this, boys, and I wanted it to be a seasonal thing. You know, because frosted tips more of like a winter thing. So maybe yeah. they'll disappear in the summer. I'm not fully sure yet. I haven't really decided. Um, but I'll kick it over to Raf. But once I kick it over to Raf, can we come back to me? Because I have a question for you guys. And I want to get your opinion on something quickly. And then we can move on. Hell yeah. All right. Raf, what's up, buddy? How are you? Uh, just chilling. Ready to rock. Took a nap. Good to go. Did you uh, eat? Dude, yeah, I ate a fried chicken burger, and I don't eat like fried chicken burgers very often. And I, I took a nap, and I just kind of sat on it for a minute. And now I woke up, and I feel like I have to. I just went to the bathroom, and I feel like I have to go again already. Oh, baby, <laughs> my body's not happy with me right now. But we'll be, we'll be fun. It's legitimate. I feel legitimately fueled off of like takeout junk food and Lindor chocolates since like <laughs> the twenty fifth of December. <laughs> Lindor chocolates. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> oh, dude! Don't say dumb shit like that. Lindors are the goats of all. They're time, so dude. good. They're so damn good. <laughs> They're so good. Um, I th- I honestly feel like when you have one of those sandwiches, one of those fried chicken sandwiches, yeah. your body literally treats it like a pregnancy. Like it, it sees this thing come into your belly, and it's like, all right, start developing a placenta. We need to feed this thing. It's a fucking beast. <laughs> yeah, actually, and it just starts. It just starts developing this huge belly for it i'm like i'm looking like i'm in my second trimester right now and it's just like it's be a <laughs> fucking big one <laughs> and girls thought birth was hard dude i guess like we, we all are humans we could all try and shit out one of those sandwiches yeah. yeah you think birth is hard a bowel movement after eating a crispy chicken sandwich is hard <laughs> give me an epidural for that shit yeah. dude. let's go yeah. um okay so question for you guys because we actually have a quick uh, or a long episode, I think, or a lot of stuff to talk about. So, am I the only one that uses two-in-one like shampoo and conditioner, or am I just out in left field with this? Uh, I think out of the three of us, yes. But I think as far as the yeah. male, entire male population goes, I think there's more men who use two-in-one shampoo conditioner than, okay. than yeah. there are men who use separate ones. You're just not woke, Josh. If you so, if you're still using two and ones, do you're not woke? That's the only thing. <laughs> Why am I being judged for this? So I was talking to some people at work, and um, I don't know how we got on the topic. I think we were actually talking about how I just got my tips frosted, and they asked me, "What do I do to maintain it?" Because I guess you can use um, what do they call it, blue shampoo, 
to make sure like obviously like the color kind of stays in there a little bit longer purple shampoo purple shampoo thank you raf not blue see i don't even know <laughs> and and i and i said to them like well i just use like the two-in-one like conditioner and, and shampoo and, and i'm talking to girls too and they're like what like oh my god that's the most guy thing we've ever heard and then like one of one of my other guy friends comes in he's like like holy shit josh is like you're such a guy like is there motor oil and like a three in one too and like <laughs> i was dying <laughs> but i don't think like i i should be the only one that uses this but the fact that you guys don't which kind of makes sense because you both have like long hair and it needs to be like maintained more wraps and elijah's no offense to you um yeah but yeah, I, I don't know. I just I wanted to get your guys' take on it. So maybe I'll just maybe I'll just switch to full time so, conditioner and full time shampoo because now I'm getting self conscious. Are you not you like you're not using the three in one? You're using a two in one and then a separate body wash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like three in ones more popular than two in ones. I feel like people fucks with three in ones all the time. See, I thought. <laughs> see, I thought the three in ones. Like, I made the joke about the three in one, but I don't think that actually exists. Like, Maybe that it a doesn't. thing? I, I don't think it I, does. I think that's a misconception that, like, I think people make fun of it, yeah. saying that, like, got like there is a three in one for guys. I don't think there is, dude. Yeah. I, I, well, okay. The, the entire yeah, the two in one. Unfortunately, you just not being woke about it is really just a. An exclamation, part, uh, an exclamation point on you just missing out on important lessons because your hair would be your hair game would be completely different if you if you had different ones if you had one in ones yeah you wouldn't have this fucking rough ass hair dude it would be nice and luscious dude my hair is so smooth you have no idea you I don't know right right now you kind of it kind of looks more like a like a privacy bush on the side of on the side <laughs> of a house where it's nice and pointy everywhere whereas you could have like I don't know, like a nice little fern, if you know what I mean, like a little, little okay. delicate, yeah, yeah, like a nice little, a nice little bush, like a shrub, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, like yeah. a nice, a nice soft shrub or a willow. It could look like a willow tree. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my god, good, Ra- good dude, Ra- I'll the, keep that the king in mind. of honestly, the king of Ra- of hair products is Raph, though. Yeah, and, Raph, and yeah. Comes, and especially in our group. Why now, Raph? <laughs> just a, well, what do you mean why? Okay, now <laughs> I, just, I don't know. I don't know if I. You're gonna have to confirm this for me, but. Yeah. You say yes to my question. You are confirmed the hair king out of the three of us. Okay. Is it not true that you drove downtown for a specific hair product last year at some point? Yeah, because you did. couldn't find it anywhere else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I could have ordered yeah. it online, but I was just like, I don't want to fucking order it, pay for shipping, site, order it from the states, and then, and there was a small little store on and Davie risk Street. running out of what you already have. Yeah, and there's a small store on Davy Street that I went to because like. The hair product that I was buying, like it required like a special shampoo as well. Right. So it was like it was like basically like a heavy duty like pomade that would have like a really, really strong hold. And then you also needed uh what's it called? The corresponding shampoo to basically wash out the product just because it was it was so heavy duty. Yeah. It was good stuff. And then I See, also for a little bit used one that was water soluble, which I really like for a little bit, but it, over the summer I need something with more hold in case I sweat. Don't you okay. don't you guys think that bald people got a fucking advantage on us? Like, listen to how much work we put into our fucking hair. And half yeah. the time, like, I don't know about you guys, I put in I put in like a little bit of time into my hair, and half the time I don't even like the way it looks. 
Like at least if you're bald, you know what you're getting day in and day out. You wake up, boom, that's it. No surprises, no bullshit, no fucking money on product. It's okay. Dope. Well, here's here's my my question is you're right. They save money in terms of shampoo and conditioner, but they use more body wash. But in the summertime, <laughs> are you saying they wash their head? Yeah, they wash their head. 100% they wash their head. I mean, you know what? But the other thing is, though, is where they lack their shampoo, if you live somewhere warm, they make up for in sunscreen because they have to put that on their head as well. True. And aloe. Yeah, there you go. But could you imagine, like, growing up with, like, a bald head and, like, just, like, the top half is just red and, like, nothing else is? Yeah. Like, that's tough, man. Like, especially for me. Imagine if you fucking put like if you put in front of someone the amount of shampoo they've used in ten years in like a big huge jar, and then you compared it to a bald guy, but you showed the difference in sunscreen and aloe, like you said, like it'd be disgustingly <laughs> large. One person's normal person's sunscreen would be like I don't know, like a large pail maybe, and this guy's would be like a fucking gasoline container. Dude. Yeah, like a full cherry can. Yeah, <laughs> this guy's trying to go get coffee. He's getting sunburned on his head. <laughs> God. Well, okay, we do have a lot of stuff to get to. Um yeah. we got some we basically got three big topics here, guys. We're gonna get into some NHL talk, most all Canucks stuff. Uh we're gonna do some NFL talk and then we're also gonna wrap up with our next edition of Spoil where we break down a movie again. So um why don't we not fuck around anymore and jump into this NHL talk here, guys? Um so the Canucks canceled practice today, and the quote unquote is out of an abundance of caution for potential exposure to COVID outbreaks. And so they're the fourth team in the NHL to do so today. And words already come out through the Canucks organization that practice is back on tomorrow. So I don't really think we have anything to worry about. But unfortunately, there's not really any news coming out of today. So it's all just stuff from the past few days. But um, I mean, if this is not a glimpse into what we're about to get for the rest of the season in terms of news being broken the day of that you ain't going to see shit today, like that, like you and I just, we all just started talking about how, how hockey's going to bring a, another level of joy to our lives in the next month and a half or so when we can't see each other. Mm-hmm. That if that's taken away from me at like an hour's notice or a few hours' notice, man, I'm going to be, windows are broken. Windows are broken to say the least. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, honestly, I'm just happy that we actually have a season. That's the biggest thing. And don't get me wrong, like I, I love shooting the shit with the boys and everything, but, as much as we joke about it, we're a hockey podcast. Like that's the whole reason why we're here. We love talking about the game. Um, I think it's a lot easier to talk about a team when I would say Vancouver is obviously a team on the rise for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, COVID, like it's it's definitely going to get in the way. I mean, even today there was a basketball game. The Heat and Celtics game was canceled today. Um, for a COVID scare. So I feel like that's just going to kind of become the new norm where we're going to be fired up. It's going to be a critical game and both teams are going to be, you know, kind of locked in going to get to the arena and be like, Nope, sound can't do it. And it's just like the cocoa, like it's just there and it's going to continue to be here. So yeah, I mean, it kind of sucked. I mean, thank God. Like it's just practice. I mean, we're only talking about practice, man. I mean, what are we talking about here? Um, <laughs> ain't the game <laughs> ain't the game not the game that Lars Patterson goes out there and dies for uh, we talk about practice can you imagine uh, can you imagine Alan Iverson playing in a COVID world he'd be like we ain't even talk about the actual virus we talk about we talk practice. about <laughs> we talk about contact tracing I ain't even test positive 
<laughs> you live it. Like, fuck this. I'm playing in the game. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Um, but yeah, no, hockey's back though. Three days, three days until hockey's back. And I cannot be more excited. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I mean, we're, I, we've gone into how, how much we're going to enjoy the type of schedule this year is. Uh, we haven't had hockey in what seems like a forever right now, but I think it's only been about four months. Um, yeah, I mean, when did, when did the Stanley Cup playoffs end again? Like July? When, when did they end? Yeah. Well, they started in July. And they, they? Oh, yeah, because yeah, then we had the restart. And so it's. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're in left field. They actually I'm ended way in, in left field, dude. Just at the, I think near the beginning of October is when they ended, if I remember right. correctly. Um, yeah. So it's been a minute. Um, we, the way we're doing this, I guess, is we're going to be doing our, our complete season preview on Thursday's episode, just after the first game of the season, which is just the way we do things around here. So we, just when uh, we're optimistic. So you'll yeah. see our signs of optimism in case the Canucks get like lit up in their first game. And then we'll come <laughs> back and we'll be angry about it. It'll actually be the perfect refresher and the perfect like just restart for any fan that is doubting after game one. We'll we'll yeah. provide just a uh, just a different level of energy that you'll you won't be able to hit if you've already the watched the game. The voice of reason and positivity. Exactly. The rest of the world goes left, we go right. That's how we do yeah. it here. Um, <laughs> so kind of the big the biggest news out of Canucks camp is the the emergence of Nils Hoglander and what he's doing in camp right now to make a case to make this roster. And and all signs are pointing towards, I mean, with only with only two more days left until the first game, we are we're pretty much at the point now where Hoglander is going to make the team. He's got to he's got to royally fuck up the next couple of days for him not to be on this team. Um, and my initial thoughts are: let's fucking go. I mean, we've got talented forwards up and down this lineup, but it never hurts to give a, a fresh face a chance who might be more hungry than the last guy. Yeah, and I think we said this last year where you know Vancouver did have, I would say, a good balance of veteran leadership and veteran presence and also like the mix of younger guys like younger talent and you know if we're going to add one more younger guy on here uh, i'm down with it i i really am like i think he's gonna do very well yeah and his his kind of profile what he's been known for is is he's on the all hands team for sure when it comes to swedish elite league um Mm -hmm. multiple lacrosse style goals in that league He's definitely a top six kind of forward. He's not obviously the defensive game. He's a young guy. I mean, you can you can piece together the obvious points there on where his game is at in certain aspects and what he's developed in. Uh, the kid right. twenty. The kid just turned twenty. Uh, he's born in two thousand. We pointed out how fucking weird that is when you see that as a birth year. Um, yep. Yeah. So this guy, um, what it's doing though is it's in the last couple of practices. What we've seen is the emergence of this guy has led to guys like Louis Erickson being an extra forward and even guys like Jake for and being on the outside looking in for at least maybe even the lineup, but definitely the top six and, and top nine lines. So um, what are your initial thoughts when you hear that, that big boy thick tuna might be not getting as many chances if, if Hoglander's there? Well, I, mean, I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, you're starting to see it even in um, Ottawa. I know that uh, their GM Pierre Dorian was talking about it in their camp is like, nothing's guaranteed. And, you know, when Vertanen, again, still young, like he's definitely not old, um, but he's getting to that age where, you know, that expectation is rising. And Louis Erickson, I mean, he's obviously in the, definitely in the last half of his career for sure. 
uh, yeah. but you're paying them all this money. So, I mean, I, I, I'll never say no to competitiveness. Like you have to earn your spot. You know, nothing is guaranteed. You know, Vertanen up until the season got put on hold, like he was having a career year and then he came into bubble camp and bubble training and everything like that. Like he, was he not like in shape for that? Like he, he wasn't, am I correct? Yeah, that's right. We we still had conditioning issues with Vertanen going into that, and I haven't heard any stories coming out of this camp, which is a good sign. But there was that back in the, back in those days. Yeah. So I mean, in terms of Hoglander's case, I mean, he's a left winger. So where does he? What what line does he slot in on? Like, is he a third line guy? Like, is that where they would put him? Yeah. Well, I I think I don't think so. I think this guy, if he's playing, he's playing on the Bo Horvat line with Bo Horvat and Tanner Pearson. Um, Kind of to make to make make up for the loss of Tyler Toffoli, which could turn out beautifully for this team if that's how it if that's mm-hmm. how it goes. But right. that yeah, that's kind of what we've seen with that, and and it's caused so the obvious lines the beginning one you obviously have Miller or uh, Miller Pedersen and Besser staying together. It looks like you'd the have Lotto. yeah the Lotto <laughs> line, just one of the best names in hockey for a line. Um, that kind of helps them. I, I would say that elevates them to the best line in the league. I don't give a fuck. Um, and then, yeah, so the line that we've been seeing a lot at camp now has been Horvat, Hogland, and Pearson. You got, you got, you got a mix of very, very good players, in my opinion, very reliable guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, I really like Adam Gaudet, always a big guy. Uh, I love Roussel, Tyler Mott, you know, so, and for Tannen, for sure, obviously, I think he, I don't think he's necessarily guaranteed to lose his spot but he's definitely gonna have to really earn his minutes this year if you put a guy like hoglander on that second line for sure yeah and th- this will be interesting for for Rutana because okay so last year he comes in he's out of shape um well actually i don't even, I don't even remember the beginning of 2019 how it went it's been, it feels like it's been 10 years but yeah, so he comes in but basically he lights it up like he's having a career year he's getting goals left and right and and, and we, we think that he's finally starting to emerge. Now, he doesn't have this huge, humongous breakout year, but no. he improves. And that's something that I've always, I've always been wanting to see. And every fan wants to see that in any young player. You want to see improvement. So, I mean, mm-hmm. guys give an improvement in the bigger picture. It's just hard for Canucks fans and Canucks brass to look at that and not see smaller picture last six months. So, yeah. uh, I think, yeah, I think this year will be a lot different for him. He'll have to come in and it'll pretty much be a replay of last year where it doesn't matter what you did in. October to January of 2019. It's it's the rest of that year, and it's it's the recency of what people remember you for. So he'll be yeah. coming in here, and he'll, he'll I, I hope he'll have a chip on his shoulder. I mean, the guy when he plays with that kind of style, he's he's quite a force out there. So 100. percent I yeah. think he even scored a pretty nice goal. I don't know if it was today, and they were just doing like the the inner team scrimmage of blue and white, but like he scored the overtime winner, I think, and like he looked good. So. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't mind Bertan. And my other question for you is, what's the word on Travis Hamnick? And I'm seeing this guy, uh, right defenseman Chatfield, and who is this guy? Okay, so yeah, let's break it down. And people who are listening and hating on Josh, fuck, do you not know this stuff? Give the guy a break. I mean, this guy was a born Flames fan. He's got frosted tips that are slowly bleaching his brain cells away. But, <laughs> I mean, the guy puts an effort to to pick up another team and become a fan and understand it all. So. You're not going to know guys like Jalen Chatfield, but basically this guy's got some disgusting hair. He's a bit of a younger guy. Uh, he's 24 always, years old. Yeah, he'll always kind of be a bubble 
on the on the bubble prospect. Um, okay. Hey, he's got upside to his game. You never know. You might see, you might see him be one of the. Have you heard what the taxi squad is, Josh? Do you, are you informed on the taxi squad? No. So what the taxi squad is? It's kind of a COVID thing this year, where each team will have there's adjusted roster sizes this year because of what they're expecting, and so each team is going to be allowed to have what's called a taxi squad. I don't know if that's what the, the, the words the league are, is using or if that's just what the, the team's calling it. But is it more like an expanded roster in case someone yeah, gets to Coco? It, it's exactly like the playoffs where you know you oh you can expand your roster yeah exactly and you oh, kind of okay, got yeah, you yeah. got a bunch of extra bodies traveling with you so there's I, I don't exactly remember how big the numbers are but I imagine it's going to be I don't know five extra or whatever you, I I I'm not privy to these numbers I have not looked them up but yeah well, I can see what is it normally during the regular season like it's normally twenty five guys right like that's who you can I, have I'm like pretty sure active. yeah so it probably yeah. makes and then like I think you can have. Or it might be 27 guys, so you can have, like, two scratches and then, obviously, like, 25 guys on your bench. And then I don't like even think you have that, though, because you have, you have 16 and 12 forwards. That's 18. And then you have two goalies. That's 20. Am I wrong? 12 no, that's six, plus 16, six? 16 forwards. Why do you have Oh, 16? yeah, so maybe it's a 20. You're right. It's a 25-guy roster, but you can have 22 guys on the bench. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Uh, even or no, kind of or no, no, I'm done. <laughs> you have 20. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> you have 20. It's 20. I don't know why I thought there were four <laughs> guys on a forward line. I don't even know hockey anymore, dude. This is like, I don't even know. I'm going go, go like, to go join Caller Daddy. I'm going to go join Caller Daddy or something. I don't know. It's Josh, like, next it's episode, like, Josh, have you guys ever put two in one in your asshole? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's not even that. It's like, Josh, how many active guys can you have? I don't know, like 52? No, Josh, that's the NFL. Oh, okay, cool. It's called the entire farm system from Utica and just put them in the box with Jim Benning. That'd be buys. What's up, Jimbo? So, <laughs> so that's who Jalen Chatfield is. He's he's always going to be a bubble prospect who might get his chance one day, but he's competing for a taxi squad spot this year. Okay, um, got there okay. are we, We've talked about this in past episodes where there's room for another prospect to make this lineup on the defense. Because yep. you're going to have Hughes, Myers, and Edler and Schmidt make it for sure. You're most yep. likely going to have uh, Hamannick, which I'll tell you about in a sec. And then, so you're going to have a young guy compete for that last spot. In addition, right. in addition to the taxi squad spot. So that's how that's okay. shaping up. As for Hamannick, he just completed his seven day quarantine. I think it was for oh, coming fuck. over for coming so over he here. He hasn't the, even been a part of camp. Exactly. So this was supposed to be his first day at camp today. But that being said, with it being shut down, tomorrow is slated to be his first day. And, I mean, as long as things go as planned, which they don't always do, he's right. looking to be a part of this lineup and at least be number five or six on the depth chart. So Right. Uh, Obviously, until he's warmed up and, and everything like that. Because, I mean, the fact that the season starts in three days and he was supposed to practice today, like, this guy isn't even, like, he can't do anything. Like, he hasn't even practiced with the team. Coaches haven't, haven't even been able to see, like, what player he plays well with. So, huh, that'll be interesting. I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see, but hopefully he makes the team. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm a big Hamannick guy. I want to see it happen. Um, um, what was my other question for you? Oh, yes. Okay. Can, we, can you and I place a bet in terms of who gets Coco first on the Canucks? Fuck yeah, dude. Let's do that. Now, is that a, is that a morbid bet to make? Is that is that insensitive? Should we give a fuck? Uh, is the no, give fuck I mean, meter going I mean, off at all? Okay, well, maybe we should care a little bit. Fine. I'll rephrase my question so it doesn't sound as insensitive. 
who is most likely to contract COVID and how does that player contract it? <laughs> and why, why is it not Jake Vertanen? I think it's Jake Vertanen <laughs> trying to bust into the rocks. Here. So I think, I think this is how the bet should go. It should either one person gets to choose Jake Vertanen and the other person gets to choose two people to make up for how, how easy of a pick that is. Right, because he's more prone. Okay, cool. Yeah. You know, I so, think, you know what? I have a feeling it might be Braden Holpe. You think Holpe? Yeah. Really? Because the way that his luck is already going in Vancouver, he gets stuck at the border. He gets canceled for his helmet. The one thing to cap off his time in Vancouver is going to be if he contracts COVID. And then he's going like, to death. And then he's yeah. going to leave. He's going to be like, fuck this. He's like, it's just fuck not my place. city. And yeah. he'll just go back to another team. And knowing his luck, he'll be at like the grocery store or something and some fucking PC cancel culture person will come up and yell in their face. Yeah. And he'll get it with, from that. With, then he'll get bl- and ironically enough, that person yelling in his face won't have a mask on and that person will have COVID. And they'll just give it to him. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, <laughs> somehow that situation plays out. We have no idea how, but somehow. Yeah. Somehow it'll that works. Yeah. Um, so you think uh, Braden Holby's up there. I, I'm going to go with little Quinn Hughes. I think he was the awkward grade eight kid in, in, in first year of high school there. Oh, mm. wait, that's, that's weird for you. Hey, cause you had junior high. Yeah. Okay. So I'll just, I'll just say he's the weird kid in first year of high school and he's finally figured himself out a little bit. Now he knows the city, so he's going to get a little bit weird this season. He's going to, yeah. he's going to start frisking around these weird places, you know, these underground dungeons and stuff. It, well, it's interesting too. His name is Huggy. I feel like that's not a name that Bonnie Henry wants to hear. Um, because so, like if he's giving her if he's if he's giving hugs dude that's not good man like he he yeah. looks like a huggable guy i'd probably give yeah. him a hug now um, uh you know maybe this is breaking news huggy bears probably might be the reason that we go into lockdown again because you know for the girls out there if huggy the bears offering up hugs oh he's they're taken dude they don't care what he has yeah they're dude. taking positive tests left and right to be able to get that hug yeah <laughs> you kidding me it's worth it when you're quinny 100 percent. okay i like those picks i think those are actually very valid reasons as to why yeah okay why don't why don't we wrap up this hockey talk and talk about where we think the goalie situation is going to end up for game one. Oh god really we have we already have goalie controversy in vancouver wow what a shocker can't can't remember the last <laughs> time we talked about that one <laughs> Well, this hey, this is the new NHL, dude. If you can't keep up with this, Josh, you should know this. Being a Calgary fan too, ever since Kippersoft left, that this is just how it goes. You have goalie one and two, and that's only ever going to be their names. You don't use their real first names. Yeah, one like, A, one B. Yeah, exactly. You have yeah, like Holpe and Demko are not names. Those are just like I think they legally changed their names to goalie one A or one B. Yeah. So, give me give me your thoughts here. Let's hear it. Um, okay, so again, this is, I know nothing about what's happening in camp at all. Um, I think you go with Demko, game one. Okay, okay. I think he's earned his spot. I think he, I think he showed the Canucks organization and the coaching staff what he can do last year when he basically helped Vancouver go to game seven against Vegas. in uh, in the playoffs, so that's I think it was I'm game six, right? Game six, no seven. Really? Yeah, dude. We went to I seven can't. against Vegas. <laughs> I can't oh, even be a hockey fan right now. This whole fucking pandemic's got me all twisted. I, I need to go buy like a hockey news magazine, just like get my mind right because I'm feeling kind of off, which is kind of yeah. weird. So it's not fair what this is doing to me. But yes, Demko game one. Okay, sweet. So you got Demko game one, and yeah. I I do I like the points because I think. 
you, what you've shown by getting rid of Markstrom is you've given him the keys to the castle. You've said, motherfucker, drive this car straight. Yeah. Now, you can't then decide when you finally want to go for a drive. You say, hey, whoa, 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 I'll teach you again what I just taught you. No, you have to let this guy out on the road. Yeah. And even though I kind of believe if this was a normal season, I think he's probably getting 60% of the games. But he won't because we're on a baseball schedule. Exactly. So this is going to be a direct 50-50 split barring any injuries. And But no, I, li- I like the play of going Demko in the first game because you got to set the if there is any time to set the tone of who's your goalie for the future we all know hope he's here for two years that's all yeah maybe another year after but he's not a long-term guy and you're not so. and you're not paying him a whole lot either like it's not like you had to like bribe this guy to come here like no like he like he came here on what like a four like what was it a two-year eight million dollar deal like he's not getting a whole lot yeah i think it's a, i think it's two and two for 12 or two for 10 or something like that but really holy fuck yeah, something like that. Uh, some some fuel to the fire here, though. I made a, I made the poll on Twitter just to see where the the fans' thoughts were at, and we have sixty eight percent of people. Oh, actually, we have sixty eight point eight percent of people, which you know what that rounds up to. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that we have sixty eight percent of people saying that Holpe's going to get the start. Interesting. And, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe watch all of those people that voted for Holpe be the people that like have been following the Canucks, but like completely just glued to them this entire training camp and that would make sense because <laughs> i i have not maybe they've come out and they said demko's game or holpe's game one starter i don't know that yeah yeah maybe maybe we're just completely oblivious to what's happening with the yeah the, the only thing that you and i know is that it should be demko if it's not demko and it's already been announced then all we know is that that's wrong yeah I, yeah I that's accurate. like i just i don't agree with that um but yeah it I always I, I like your point that you said before, just with the baseball schedule and how like it's gonna be a fifty fifty split. Would it not? Or I, I, do you think, I think or do you, sorry, do you, you think we see backup goalies or like do you think we switch goalies on back to backs like during the regular season because like there's travel involved? But like in this case, like there wouldn't be. Like if you're in Edmonton for back to back games, you're staying in Edmonton. Like you play them the next the next night. Like in what way are you like tired? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do I know what you're saying. Um I I've gotta say though, you're you I think you do it even more though, just because of, of how important each game is and and the condense the condensedness of the schedule or condensity. I don't know what the word is I'm supposed to use there. But how yeah. condensed the schedule is, I think you're go you've gotta go fifty fifty if you've got a capable backup whatsoever. I mean if you've got carry carry price. I mean, you're probably going to play him 60% of the games, maybe more. Yeah. But, I mean, you've got Jake Allen as well with him. So I, I still would see, even even those situations, I would probably see a, at least a like, 60-40 split. I mean, I think, it, it makes you think, too, right? With goalies, like, you know, as much as we argue about, you know, who's, who's starting for the Canucks or who's going to get the most playing time, I would much rather be talking about that opposed to someone like a goalie like Connor Hellebach. Where, like, I don't even I don't even know who Winnipeg's backup is. But what I do know is, when you're playing these back-to-back games, like, Hellebuck has got to be the guy for the majority of the season. Like, if he's going to even get you into the postseason, yeah, you know, like well, it's going to be a grind for goalies. I would say, yeah, there, you're right that there are a couple teams in the league where your goal, their goalie is their best player. That isn't mm-hmm. so true in a lot of teams around the league nowadays. Like, it might be season to season that they play like your best player but last year markstrom wasn't our best player on paper 
and he maybe he just played like it. So yeah, yeah, I think there might be a couple exceptions to the rule, but I think overall the rule is it's going fifty fifty. Yeah, if you've got a capable backup, for sure. So you like hockey? Congratulations. You're amongst the smartest sports fans in the world. Want to fight about it? Join me, the Hockey Troll, and that snack Polly Cupcakes every Monday and Thursday on the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL, your Washington Capitals. Not only do we bring you the best Washington Capitals coverage, but we've got the hottest takes and the tastiest content. Tune in wherever you get your podcast and at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Chirp us on all social media platforms at Caps Chirp. See you beauties and benders there. All right, Josh, should we move on to some NFL talk here? Let's move it along. Take me uh, in there. Um, Take me away. All right, buddy. So going into Super Wildcard or Weekend, I think is what it's called. Is it not? Yeah, it's wild card weekend. Wild card weekend. So, first game, Bills and Colts. This game, too close for me to like. We both agreed that the Bills should shit on the Colts, but I respect the Colts. I hate Phillip Rivers, but I respect the Colts as a team. I thought they played pretty well, actually. Yeah, they. I mean, they've had a solid defense all year. That was what I was afraid of. The guys like DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard making plays. Yeah. Um, if you can't hear in, in my choice of words, I'm, I'm a huge Josh Allen fan. I think our entire podcast <laughs> is just a, a, a huge ambassador of Allen, of the fucking vote for Josh. Yeah. Um, and what I'm most happy about with this, though, is that the Bills faced their playoff adversity right away, and they came out on the better side. Yeah, because this what this team reminded me of is is so many teams in their first exposure of playoffs with this young new core, and they get ba- and they just get absolutely trounced in the first round, and they, and they don't even see the light of day again. Yeah. This you know they went down. I think they were going ten nothing, weren't they at one point, or maybe ten three? Yeah, I think it was like ten ten nothing. I think you're right about that for sure. Yeah, they they went down early, and you didn't see any real any shake in this team at all, especially with Allen and the way he was throwing the ball. I mean. This guy finishes, I think he's had like something like 15 or something TDs in the last six games. I think it's 16 or 17. He's a ton of touchdowns. Like this guy's throwing the ball everywhere. And so it was, it was good to see that that team didn't fault under the, underneath the pressure of a playoff game because they've been doing it all year where maybe you go down and the Colts have been doing it all year where you get a lead and you blow it. So, I mean, what's there to really be fucking worried about, but yeah, it was good to see that happen is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think, Josh Allen, man, like this guy, you know, a lot of quarterbacks, like they, like even in recent years, like Brady throws some, some pretty bad interceptions and so does Drew Brees. But dude, like Josh Allen does not, he does not turn over the ball. Like yeah. I know he had that one fumble, um, but they ended up recovering, thank God, because it was in their own, uh, own half of the field. But he just looks so calm and just so, comfortable when he's in the pocket like he's and he just throws a very like tall ball because he's huge Josh Allen's massive and that guy can move too um but honestly I I really like where this Colts team is going do I think Philip Rivers is the answer no but dude like if Indianapolis can actually find like 
a solid quarterback that they can actually like build around for the next like even like four to five years. Like they don't have to draft one, but just sign someone that really fits into their offense. I the Colts are gonna be gross, man. And they can compete with Tennessee. Hundred percent they can. Yeah, and that division yeah, that's a good that division's in a good spot for them to continue to at least be able to win the division year after year. Like you said, if they can find a consistent quarterback here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with Buffalo, I think it was a good, and I, I'll say this about a lot of the games, um, but a lot of these games were too close for comfort for me. Like the teams that I thought would get shit on actually made it close. Yeah. Uh, but we can get like, and, and this was, exhi- this was exhibit A was yeah. the, was this one because I mean, again, like we've said, Indianapolis is not a bad team, but in my opinion, Buffalo is just so much better. Yeah, and so I guess the concern for for Buffalo turns to the defense on how can they stop what is looking like it's going to be the Ravens coming up is a very difficult task. I mean, you a just, Lamar Jackson running offense. Exactly. You just you just played the oh no, sorry, you didn't just play the Titans, but um, yeah, who do they fuck? I'm really just blank on what just happened here. Titans Indy. and the Ravens. Yeah, Indy. Sorry, no. Indy. Oh, yeah. The Bills just played Indy, and they were trying to run the ball along. They did a good job against it. So mm-hmm. the test just continues to go to the defense. Can this team, can their defense allow their offense to do what it does every game and win with 30-plus points and not have to score 40? Yeah, Around I that, mean, you know? I mean, they're going to, yeah, like you said, like it's, it could be a tough task to pay on the outcome of this um, of the Steelers and Cleveland game, but if it does happen to be the Ravens and the Bills. I mean, like Michael Pittman, or not Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor had a pretty good game. Hines had a good game for the Colts. Like, so now when you're when you're put up against like a running offense with Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, like it 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 can be a little tough. And like I'll tell you one thing, that Baltimore defense is no slouch either. So um, yeah. I mean, I would say Calais Campbell is just as good as DeForest Buckner. So if that ends up being the matchup, I think Buffalo's again in tough. But you know, if they win, if they win again, and if KC wins, I think they're going to be very battle tested for that game again against Kansas City for sure. Yep, that's a good take. Good take, my friend. Can we just talk about how the fuck Russell has has been playing us all this entire season? And he fucking sucks, apparently, dude. What is going on? This fucking opposite world has me upside down. Seattle, I don't know what needs to happen here. I, I, I really, I'm at a loss. Like, Russ just played bad. And yeah. <laughs> what do you do with the roster? Where do you go and, with this? And you know what? Credit to, you know, credit to Jalen Ramsey. Because, like, dude, like, this guy has Metcalf's number. And if Metcalf is going to be kind of this you know, amazing wide receiver in the NFL. Like, dude, you have to be able to beat the best corner in your division. And right now he can't, he can't do it. Like now again, like obviously it can also come down to how well Russell's throwing the ball to him, but also at the same time, it's like the good wide receivers make space and they're able to make more plays on the ball. But dude, right now Jalen has his fucking number and it's making Russ look even worse than he actually is. Yeah. And, and I think we can agree that, Throughout the season, we were all so high on DK and Russell in the yep. first 10 weeks of the season. We were saying Russell MVP, DK Offensive Player of the Year. Like, just 
two guys that were so in sync and so dominating the offensive side of the ball, but they both fell off the side of a cliff together. Like, yeah, yeah, they that, did. Like, call me a fucking genius for saying that when the quarterback sucked, also the wide receiver sucked. I get it. Yeah, it's not the smartest thing to say ever. Yeah, thanks, but, Tips. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, that's just it, though. Like in this in this Seattle team, you've got names all over the ball, dude. Like defense, I said it enough times during the that this defense has names, and it might have sucked for a long time, but they've got some fucking names on that team. Yeah, and the offense is as much the same. Like you got you've got more receivers than most teams have. And mm-hmm. you've got what most coaches apparently label as a top three fucking quarterback in the league. So why yeah. did this happen? Why did yeah. you lose to a, a quarterback with one thumb? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, when you look at that Seattle offense uh, and you're going up against, I don't, when did Donald go down? What quarter was that? Was that before the first half? I think it was either at the, at the at the end of the first half or at the beginning of the second half, one of the two. I can't remember. Okay, which one. so regardless, you're basically playing half a game without, I would say, the best defensive player in the league. Um, so the pressure off the edge is not going to be there as much. Um, then you have an offense, an LA Ram offense, who loses their number one wide receiver in Cooper Cup. And injury reports, I'm not sure about either of them if they're even going to be able to play against Green Bay. But something needs to happen. And we talk about DK and Russ, but dude, like, what about Tyler Lockett? What about Chris Carson? Like, where are these guys at? Like, they're good. Like, Seattle is not a bad team. And I would even say, like, I don't mind Hollister as a tight end. He seems pretty good. Oh, and and Um, Will Disley, too. Uncle Will. Yeah, 100%. And I'm pretty sure they have Greg Olson. So. Like there's pieces there to be successful, but I think it, you know, it comes down to, you know, the yeah, just the defense of Seattle as well. You know, it doesn't help that Jamal Adams doesn't play, but you know that's that's one big name. But I would say that he is the leader of that defense, and you know, when you don't have that, like obviously the the Rams took advantage of a of a Jamal Adamless defense, but Seattle couldn't capitalize without Aaron Donald, like. And I think that that's just a big missed opportunity, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and the word you hear from the Seattle camp is just stunned. Like, like everything kind of on paper goes your way. You get injuries flipping your way. You get all this, all this ball luck, and, and you just can't make anything of it. Like, yeah. you, know, like you said, you have, the, you have the pick six by Russ in a playoff game. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Is, he's, be, he's coming and more that was like. That a bad throw, too. That was a bad throw. Yeah. These last couple. These last couple of years, Matt, last few years maybe, have kind of shown that that Russell isn't exactly this this you know year after year MVP caliber player in the mm-hmm. sense of like he his his floor is pretty low. Like not yeah. a lot of quarterbacks have shown this kind of floor. Like over the years, Tom Brady might not have put up MVP numbers every year, mm-hmm. but he did not put up a he never put up a floor that was disgusting. Yeah, and so and so I don't know. I, I think the same thing for for Russell here is the, except the opposite where. He's kind of shown repeatedly now. His floor is pretty fucking low. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can can we end it by asking, just asking you real quick? Uh, actually, why don't we leave that for the preview? Or, or the, we'll touch on each touch on each NFL matchup after this. Okay. Um, the Washington football team, though, they come in to or no, they have Tampa Bay coming to them. That's right, division winner. Thank you very much. Home playoff game. Oh, and yeah, that's they so actually weird. Do not lose by a hundred. <laughs> Like, no, this team actually came to play a mm-hmm. defensive matchup once again. Yeah. Yeah. And all I'm going to say about this game 
is Chase Young. You asked for Tom Brady. You got him. Yeah. Enjoy the golf course, dude. We'll see you next year. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ever ask for Tom Brady. Do not ask for that. You, <laughs> that is a privilege to play against him. But if, yeah. like, if you're like, we want Tom, no, you don't. You don't want him, Chase Young. You don't want that Tom Brady smoke. As much as you think that is your time to, to open up and just take a risk and say something, you really, you really shouldn't say it. I mean, yes. So Chase Young sacks the quarterback zero times. I think he has two yep. tackles total, and yep. Tom Brady throws for 381 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. Yep. Um, Thanks for coming, Chase Young. Real quick though, what was his name again? Heineke. Heineke? Yeah, is that his name? I love that last name, Heineke. Ew. <laughs> I want to crack open a couple Heinekes when I watch him play. Oh, but, Heinies. Yeah. Do you think the guys yeah. go into the like maybe uh, maybe not after a playoff loss after a win though they go and smack him and say hey, what's up nice Heine. Yeah, right. Where's this guy from? And how have I never? And why didn't Alex Smith play? Uh, well, I think Alex Smith had a calf injury the whole time, and uh, okay. I think even in the last game they played, I think he was. Uh, I think he played, but I think he was was visibly hurt and might even had to be taken out of that game. So, right. As far as I know about that Taylor Heineke story, I mean, I listened to the fucking commentators talk about it. I don't know a dozen times, and I've already forgotten about it. But I'm pretty sure this guy was no more than a week ago a student like he was finishing his degree Mm -hmm. and he's not on new yeah like he could not get a backup quarterback position on any team and so he went back to school or he went to finish his school Mm -hmm. and here he is balling out in the wild card round i mean can we just say that like do you think he gets signed as a backup now i think he has to i mean dude he he looked pretty good like he, he made some I'm fucking not, throws, dude. He he made some throws, and he was actually very scrambly. I would say, yeah. like he just looked like frisky. Yeah. You know, he wasn't like frisky out there, dude. He was just a little frisky. Yeah. And you know, in terms of a starting job, no chance. But yeah, hundred percent as a backup. Like, why wouldn't like why wouldn't you like if you're if you're an NFL team and you're struggling to find backup or something like that? Like even. You, you know what he would do well behind is like a solidified starter. Like yeah. Put him into an offense that kind of has a running quarterback offense and like a Kyler Murray. A, uh, so in Arizona, Seattle, Baltimore, whoever. And I feel like he would do well there. That's just my opinion. I mean, it's one game. The sample size is really small, but I think he's earned a spot. Absolutely. Don't know where. But I think he's earned his shot at least. Well, hey, what Washington football team? What are you looking at? Like, why not? Why not keep him as your backup? I mean, fuck, dude. I'll take I'll, after one game of watching this Heineke kid. I'll take him over Dwayne Haskins any fucking day of the week, dude. Hundred percent. Um, um, Tom real, Brady though. Tom Brady. Can we talk Tom about Brady? Brady? Yes, we can talk about Brady. Long bomb. Brady's Brady. nasty. What do you Brady's think of his nasty. performance, sir? I liked him. I I liked him a lot, and. I think Godwin, I, I like to throw the Godwin. I love the jet sweep he had with uh, Scotty Miller. Even like some deep throws to Cameron Bray. Those were nice. But dude, also Leonard Fournette. I also like Fournette. I feel like he yeah. is starting to kind of get back to his ways when he was in his rookie year with um, Jacksonville. So I like where he's kind of trending. And dude, fucking Antonio Brown, man. Like, there's weird chemistry here. Like, I wonder if Brady is kissing Antonio Brown on the mouth. 
Is that a thing? <laughs> you think like he? Do you yeah. think like he talks in Antonio Brown, gives him a little smooch on the lips, like what he does? A little tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little tongue action. You know, little, I feel like they'd cool. be down for that. Gives him the old super spreader, a little corkscrew with the tongue. Oh, I could see that happening. Hundred percent. Um, yeah. I, I, overall, a great, uh, uh, maybe not the most entertaining game, and it was kind of shitty because they were in the game the whole time, but you kind of knew it would happen. Um, yeah. And so it just takes so much of your time to just it just to watch what you know is already going to happen. But yeah, that's how it goes. Um, why don't yeah. we move on? We got Baltimore playing the Titans this morning, today, today morning. Mm-hmm. Except it's Monday for all you listeners, so it's yesterday morning. Um, Lamar Jackson has just rid himself of all labels. I would say after that touchdown run, after this performance, after the sassiness of the interview, like this mm-hmm. guy has just completely changed his 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 image his narrative he's no longer the playoff mm-hmm. failure he is now the fucking he's, lamar jackson he's won a playoff game he's won a playoff game and he's the one guy in the playoffs right now that no one wants to play i would yeah. say he's probably the most fearful team to play mm-hmm. except for kansas city obviously that's my except point, for, but. except for kc i yeah. mean looking at I'm trying to think of how i want to start well yeah let's start with lamar jackson a couple times um don't get me wrong lamar jackson I would agree. He is a scary person to play against. But what I noticed, though, is when he stands, like, if you can get Lamar Jackson to stay in the pocket, he sucks. He's not good. Like, he he physically cannot be a pocket passer. Yeah. Like, there's always got to be some type of rollout. There's always got to be some sort of bootleg type of play for him to successfully be his amazing Lamar Jackson self. Because I find yeah. that when you get him to just stay stagnant in the pocket and like go through his reads, he takes too long. And he gets sacked. And by the time he thinks it's like, oh shit, like this is really meant to be a passing play, it's too late and and he'll go down. And we were talking about this last week with the Tennessee offensive line or defensive line. And they were actually third last in the league in sacks. So they're they're bad. And they got to Lamar Jackson a lot. So I think Lamar started off slow. So depending on who he plays or who Baltimore plays, if you're playing against the Bills or if you're playing against Kansas City, you need to be more mobile and you need to be more mobile quicker in the game. Because I think Baltimore got off to a bit of a slow start and they were lucky that the Baltimore defense kind of bailed him out a little bit. Overall, good takes. I love it. I think that I, I, I'm I'm debating the in the pocket thing anymore because if the team plays like they did here, where they're they're a run it down your throat kind of team mm-hmm. with three super talented runners, I think that ability to do that gives them so many options that if he has to stay in the pocket for a couple minutes, a little couple minutes here, a couple minutes there, I mean, yeah. it's I, I don't see an issue with that. At least, at least I didn't in this game. It could, it could be a game to game thing, but I, I'm I'm confident in it. Is what I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, other thing I want to talk about, dude, is fuck Derrick Henry, man. It's just, it just goes to show if you can neutralize him, you neutralize that offense. Again, I'll always have a soft spot for Tannehill. He's always going to be the Miami Dolphin quarterback to me. But holy shit, man, you neutralize like one part, like the heart and soul of that Tennessee offense, you can win that game and you can win it handedly. And like, I feel like, this game, like it, it was, 
I wouldn't necessarily say it was close. It wasn't a blowout, but it was just a standard football score. But dude, Derrick Henry, 40 yards, like that just can't happen. Like there's got to be more diversity in the offense here. Yeah. And I think, I wonder what the issue was. Cause I, you know, I wasn't watching this game completely close. I was, I was out, but mm-hmm. I mean, so you have 40 yards and 18 carries a, you've got the lowest yard total for Derrick Henry on the season. Yep. You've got the second lowest total in carries for the season. Makes sense because you're down late in the game, I guess. Yeah. But even so, it just it just goes to show in the first, second, and even early third quarter, they could not get this guy going. And yeah. and that just completely that, that that's the game plan burned up into flames right there. If you can't do that, so, so I'm going to throw some stats at you here. Okay, if you don't mind, because we haven't really done that in a while. Love that. So. First of all, going back to kind of Baltimore offense, third down efficiency, dude. It was seven for 13 for Baltimore, like so over 50%, which is, again, we talked about third down conversions for um, third down conversions for the Tennessee defense is an issue, and it is. Um, Tennessee's third down conversion for their offense was four for 12, 25%. Like, holy shit. Like that offense, they couldn't stay on the field. Rushing yards, 236 for Baltimore, 51 for Tennessee. Yeah, it just it just keeps going, right? Like There's just one after another. And I remember yeah. looking at that too, looking at the three guys making up all those running yards. Like They're, they're completely different runners too, all of them. Mm-hmm. Like, Gus, like Gus Edwards, big power back. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, you're not going to catch him if he gets to the, gets to the flats. So, I mean, no, it's, just, it, it's tough to game plan for someone like this. If they could get the passing game going at all with Mark Andrews or anyone really, then mm-hmm. yeah, maybe maybe you'll get something going here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I was really impressed with Marquise Brown today as well. You yeah, know, se- seven receptions, hundred nine yards. You know, average was fifteen point six yards per per throw. Not bad. Yeah, that's Not what you need. A, that's all. what you need at Hollywood right there. You yeah. don't need no fake bullshit, no knockoff receiver. You don't, you don't need, need these that. bullshit slants like what Pittsburgh keeps running here. Holy no. fuck, guys! Well, can we just jump to the Pittsburgh game a little out of order here? Can we yeah. can we skip the Bears Nickelodeon fucking game for now and just talk about the Browns were up what twenty eight zero in this game? They were 30, 35 to three was it uh, or thirty five to it. seven? Oh, it was thirty five to seven, I think. But and I mean, the Steelers are on their way back. Like, yeah, it's thirty five to twenty three. I mean, I've tweeted multiple times that this game is over. I've I've said at the beginning of the episode this game's over. Uh, I'm not a Cleveland fan, so I once again say this game's over. And just continue to jinx it over and over again, but I mean, it's scary watching what's happening. We all knew yeah. it was a possibility. It's a long football game. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like it was just a it was a bad start for Pittsburgh. But I'm going to tell you one thing right now: even if they do beat Cleveland, Pittsburgh, like Pittsburgh, can't like they they can't beat any other team that's in the playoffs. Like they can't. Like yeah, who do you are, see Pittsburgh like actually beating? Like because they're not going to be like they won't play Baltimore, but they're not going to beat Buffalo. If they're going to play like this. Uh, they're definitely not going to play Kansas City if they're going to play like this. Um, you know this is this is bad for for Pittsburgh. Like even if you do somehow manage to come back for this game, I just I don't know, man. I just I don't see it happening. Yeah, and I so yeah, it, this puts them in a very precarious spot coming up next season with an interesting young team with a quarterback who we don't know if he really has got it anymore. And, and whether or not your backup can actually take over 
that's fucked because I don't think he can either. Because <laughs> every time he does, he gets hit in the fucking head with a helmet. So yeah, that might be a bad trend for the guy. Just question saying. question about Juju. Uh, he used to be like one of my favorite wide receivers because I felt like he kind of played in Antonio Brown's shadow. And yeah. he was just like a silent rookie and just kind of like did his job and did his shit and then just, you know, just played. But now he's like, now he's starting to get like a little cocky. I'm like, dude, I'm like, your team's not that good. It's not good right now. Like, is he in a place where he can like talk all this shit? Or am I just, or do you think he's more so just about himself and doesn't really care? Well, I don't know. I think the guy's all, he's always been overly positive and he's just, he's been a personality is what he's been, right? True. Sure. And he's been in the media. He's been in in the gaming and the in the streaming, all this stuff. And when you break it down, this guy's just been everywhere, and he's put himself out there. However, I agree. Like the dance, the dancing before the game on the logos, really anything you want to talk about. Like he is not the most mild mannered person out there, and he's not hiding any bones about himself here. Yeah. But and that does not bode well when you when you when you play like he's been playing the last season, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, had he been doing all this stuff at the beginning when Pittsburgh was 11 and 0, yeah, sure, I'm all for it. But it, it all started like when Pittsburgh lost like four of the last five five games, and now this guy starts doing all this shit. I'm like, really, dude? I'm like, why are you doing this when you're losing? If you're winning and all things, then sure, you know, everything's all good in pit. You know, there's not a care in the world. Sure, do whatever you want. Dance on logos because you're probably going to beat the team. But when you're getting smoked, like out of the last four to five games, like, dude, not the time. You know, it's kind of like time, like reel it in in that sense. Yeah, and that that seems to be, you know, what that that kind of seems like the problem with what the Steelers were doing this year is that this was a team where they were so young, it would have been good for them to learn how to lose. It would have been good for them to learn how to go through a losing streak and get back on the schneid. But yeah. Being the young team they are, when you're finally like they're in the biggest rut of their season in the first week of playoffs, and that's yeah. not good. <laughs> and it's and it's showing here. Like when when you have a turnover to start the game and you have all this bullshit, it's just not going to go well. So I think that was the Agreed. biggest biggest knock on them here. Uh, why don't you Why don't you lead me into the Bears game? We could wrap up NFL talk. Okay, perfect. Um, honestly, I don't really have a lot um, on this game. I kind of honestly that fucking sucks it. for you, dude. What are you doing? I yeah, I kind of fell asleep. The only thing that I have to say is I think if that wide open pass from Trubisky into, I forget the wide receiver's name, literally a wide Is that either Wims or Mims, one of the two? Yeah, I think it was Wims. I think it was a W. Anyway, um, yeah, just dropped a pass. And, and I'm not saying that that's a game changer, but the fact that you're a bad team and you put a really good team behind, that's obviously going to affect their mental. So... It's definitely not the deciding factor, but that was easily a missed opportunity for the Bears. Because what that does for Mitch, because I feel like he's just a big head case, is he, I, I feel like that just changes his outlook on the game. He's like, okay, like, I can throw deep. You know, all that does, that just adds fuel to the fire. It's like to New Orleans being like, yeah, these guys suck. Like they can't catch like an open look ball. Um, Unless the guy slipped on like green slime, I'm not really sure. It was a Nickelodeon game, so it's kind of weird. Can we? Like, everyone that's listening that's a Canadian that also feels left out that you could not watch the fucking awesome graphics and commentating that was the Nickelodeon game. I know. I'm the same. <laughs> we I'm feel your pain. Sad. Yeah, like you saw some of the graphics, right? Like the slime zone 
Yeah, where they also <laughs> had the, the SpongeBob in between the uprights. See, that's hilarious, dude. Yeah, I love it. I wonder, but, like, if I'm a parent, I'm trying to think, okay, am I, re- like, does this really change my schedule all that much? Am I thinking, like, oh, shit, NFL's got the Nickelodeon game on. I got to get, I got to get little Tyler down here. <laughs> Tyler, come watch the game. I know you never do, but fucking Nickelodeon's on, dude. Exactly. Like, you got fucking Team Choice words in the end zone going on. Like, how can you not watch the game? Yeah. I uh, yeah. Honestly, I don't really, I don't really have a lot. I think it was predicted that New Orleans was going to beat the Bears. I don't think they really stood a chance. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of all I had on football. All right. Do you want to? Yeah. Why don't we do? We're not going to have time in our next episode to do this. So why don't we just say? Um, why don't we give some some preview or some predictions that we're not going to remember? Okay. That's quick up picks. For, some quick picks for our audience to remember that we will not remember. So please, if you want to hold us accountable, hold us accountable. Do it, dude. Fucking well, we, English is hard today. I'm well, we can't. Well, we can't really do the AFC because we don't actually know. Dude, we know who's going to win this game, Josh. Come on, dude. No, Just say don't. it with me. The no. Browns are going to lose. Yeah. No. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> are you uh, worried you're going to jinx it? Yeah. Uh, NFC Rams. Packers, and it's got to be the Packers, right? I mean, it has to be. Well, this just sucks that Aaron Donald's not healthy. I mean, that's the one thing I was going to say is, can the Rams win without a healthy Aaron Donald? Or Fact a is, Cooper Cup. Yeah, I th- I've heard Cooper Cup's injury is uh, not serious. Okay. So, I, I mean, as long as he plays, I think he'll, he'll be hopefully effective. Um, okay. The problem is, the Rams can win with a hurt Aaron Donald. They cannot win without Aaron Donald. So, if he's there, all the power to you. Let's go. Let's get the mm-hmm. rush. They've got the one of the best secondaries in the league right now. So, yeah. I mean, if it's not like like Green Bay does not have these outstanding receivers by any means. Like you got Devontae Adams, sure, but you've just got guys who consistently come out of nowhere. And why do yeah. they come out of nowhere? Because you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. So yeah, get home, the MVP. cover some, cover Devontae Adams, and let's see what happens there. Yeah. So okay. I'm taking the Rams. You're taking the Rams. Okay, I just I think they're too beat up. Like I just like Goff is playing with a broken hand for God's sake. Like I just I don't see it. Um, and next game uh, is the Saints and the Box. Saints won both their meetings this season handedly. Uh, Tampa Bay did not even look good. I mean, the first, I think they played each other in Week One, then they played each other like I don't know, like Week Eight or Nine, uh, maybe even Ten or Eleven. Anyway. Uh, I'm going with the Bucks. I'm, you know me. I'm, I'm all playoff Brady, Drew Brees. I just, I, I just think that uh, New Orleans, like they did not really get a tune-up today. Um, I think Tampa Bay definitely did. So I'm going with T Bay. Nice. I think this could. I think this is going to be the game of the week. I think it's going to be better than the Ravens and Bills. I think that it's going to be a fucking shootout, and I, I'm all here for it. I know. Okay. So, am I going to take the Bucks rushing defense against Kamara? Probably, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Bucks here too. I'm going to anticlimactic and go with you on this one. All right. I, I, I just like I love I, I love the way their team's playing right now. So the AFC we don't really know, but let's just. No, I don't want to do that. I can't assume things. We're going to have to move on. We have to move. You don't want to come on, no. dude. You don't want to do it. Mm 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 mm. 
No chance. <laughs> I can't. I can't what what has scarred you so much? Have you jinxed something in the past? Because I like the Browns. Um, oh, oh my God. He's going to go. He's going to go. Let's go. Browns Scott, honey. Huge. Okay. okay. Yeah, let's go with the Browns. Um, Shout out to okay. Josh for lit- for knowing this as a fact that his TV is ahead of mine and refusing to react. Sucks to suck. Um, okay, Browns are going to win. It's 41 or 41 23 now. So the Browns are going to play the Chiefs. <laughs> How it flips so quickly. Uh, I love that. I just, I, I, again, I love Cleveland, but Kansas City is Kansas City. Mahomes is Mahomes. Unless, like, uh, Baker just turns on a gear where he just gets better as, you know, the pressure grows, which I don't think is the case. I'm going with KC, and then that leaves Baltimore and Buffalo, and I might just like close my eyes and flip a coin and hope for the best because I actually yeah. don't know. I'm I'm going. I'm definitely going. I'm going Cleveland, and I'm going. I'm going Buffalo on this one. Yeah, it's weird because it, I'll match you on the Bills. I'll match you on the Bills. Fuck. Yeah. I don't want it's, to, but I will. It's it's tough because I think. I think if the matchups had worked out differently, if, if Cleveland's playing the Chiefs and – or sorry, no, the other way around. If the Ravens are playing the Chiefs and Cleveland was playing the Bills, then I might be a bit of an idiot and take both the Cle- the Browns and the Ravens. Yeah. But I don't know. I just I, – I'm not even sure how my brain's working right now. I just – I, I got to go to Allen on this one. All right. Okay. I like it. Um, okay. Moving on. Rafi, what's up, brother? How are Moving you? Moving on up. Hello? Hello. There he is. I'm back. There he is. Back in the New York groove. Oh, um, spoiled, boys. Spoiled. We're back. That's right. For another edition. Another edition uh, of Spoiled. This was Elijah's pick. We yes. watched The Big Short. The Big Short with Ryan Gosling. With Christian Steve Bale. Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah. Um, the crew. And Brad Pitt. What, what a squad. Yeah. And Margot Robbie. Don't forget about Margot Robbie. And Selena Gomez. I don't like how those are the only cameos you guys noticed, and you didn't notice fucking Harley from Epic Mealtime in there. What the, what the, like the he was guy? He was in there? Yeah. No, I'm, and I'm 90% well, Anthony Bourdain, Bourdain was one of them. Who, who, Andy Bourdain where, was in there. Uh, what, the scene where Selena Gomez is talking uh, about what, uh, what's it called? Um, fucking what CDOs are. Yeah. And they're in the casino or whatever, and they're telling them how like people make those uh, those like bet like synthetic C- CDOs. Yeah, I believe yeah. is what it is. And then there's like people making like bets and everything like that. And then the one big guy with the beard who makes the bet. That's I that I'm 100 percent like well maybe not 100 but like 90 percent sure that's Harley. That's the you think that's the big guy from Epic Meal Time, right? You're not muscles glasses, but uh, I no, never, yeah, no, I've the, never the, seen the main guy. Epic Meal Time, yeah, so the main no guy. You never yeah. watched Epic Meal Time growing up? No. Oh, jeez, dude, that was right up your alley, man. Come on, when we were like 13? Jesus. Nope. Never even heard of it. Might have to find an OG episode and show Josh way back in the day. I'm done. Um, yeah, so The Big Short, a movie all about the financial collapse, the real estate collapse and financial crisis of 2007 and 8. Just and looked nine, it up. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. Just looked it up. Apparently, it's not him. <laughs> <laughs> was, there, was there an article on this? Uh, he, he tweeted it out because apparently a bunch of people were tweeting at him. Be like, is this you? Is this you? And then it's a <laughs> guy like, named no. it's a guy named David Calloway, I believe. Uh, fuck, looks almost exactly like him. Like the resemblance is uncanny. We're so close to getting this guy back, too. Fuck, motherfuckers. Okay, sorry, go on. Um, 
no, it's okay. So, um, love this movie. It was my second time watching it. First time in a long time, though. Um, I love how it takes a concept like something that happened in our lifetime when we were kids that, I mean, they explained it perfectly. I mean, I never really understood what happened. And you, maybe I don't know the full story from watching this, but I, I feel like I know a good chunk of what happened now. And I know the funny characters in this story on how this all played out for them. And the first one I want to talk about is Michael Burry, Dr. Michael Burry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did a little bit of research after watching this movie. And I mean, all things that you learn about him, the minute that you hear him, you say, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. The first one is he has a son who's diagnosed on the autism spectrum. And that's one thing that he now looks back and, and thinks that he's also on the spectrum. So this guy's that fucking smart. And he right. just, just happens to be a savant in the financial world and makes himself millions of dollars. That's sick. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, his character, I mean, I love, I just fucking love Christian Bale's acting, dude. I've it, just watched him in so many things now, whether it be Batman, whether it be, uh, I forget which, what was the boxing movie. I think it was The Fighter. Yep. One of my yeah. favorite movies of his I've ever watched. Um, he was yeah. also in, uh, was he in the Dallas Buyers Club? I don't know if I watched that movie. Or no, no, you know where he was in Vice, the movie about Dick Cheney. He played oh, Dick okay. Cheney. Yeah, oh, shit. like he put on a lot of weight for it. I think. Yeah, like yeah. This, yeah. I just I, one of my favorite actors of all time. I would say, hundred percent. He's so he's a method he actor, isn't he? I don't know if he's quite like that. That's where they they like live, eat, and breathe their character. Yeah, because I was gonna say like if he did do method acting for that. Could you imagine just how he would get into the role of playing somebody like Michael Burry? Because, like, he was a very interesting character right from the get-go and even straight towards the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, just even the way that he, like, handled his emails and his conversations to his, uh... Clients? To his investors, yeah. investors, yeah. Yeah, like, he was very unique. And even, like, the way that he talked and conversed with Lawrence and the way that he acted was really interesting. Yeah, and and it, I mean, that's... I wonder how much of that he just directly related to like his conversations about being on the spectrum. Cause like, that's, that's exactly how people, people uh, talk and communicate when they're like, what, when he literally says like, are you being sarcastic or not? He's like, I don't fucking know what sarcasm is. Like, I yeah, don't like, know I, how to use he's that. Like, he's like, I don't know to be, he's like, I don't know how to be funny. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm like, shit. Uh, <laughs> like, honestly, that's the funniest part is when they say, when someone Burry would say that to me, I'd be like, fuck you. You're being funny right now. Like, that's how I would react to it. I'd be like, oh, you don't know sarcasm. Hey, you're literally doing it right now. Yeah. But, yeah, it's hilarious. I, great character, for sure. You want to so, yeah. know something interesting about Michael Burry? What's uh, that? So, like, obviously, you know how in the movie they talk about him shorting the housing market in, like, 2006 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. two and a half years or whatever before it actually crashes. You know what he's apparently shorting right now? Yeah, water. Tesla. Oh, shit. Yeah, what? I, was, really? I was talking to one of my buddies at work today because we were talking about the movie, and he said apparently Burry's shorting Tesla right now. Why? I now have no I need idea. to know this. Yeah, Should we no all idea. get in on it? Should we all just get in on it? <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll just be stars of the big short, too? Yeah. When it comes out like 10 years later. We can send him an email on the stick and ring. Can be like, listen, we're willing to we're willing to put in 80% of our, of our share right now, which is $200. So please make the most of it. Yeah. But the the one thing that I will say about um, Michael Burry and Christian Bale's character was he like, obviously like, you know, him being on the spectrum is it's very interesting, but I I feel like they didn't really like, was he the one that like 
pretty much, I don't want to say bet, but he was pretty much the one that invested the most money in terms of the housing market collapsing. Like he invested like billions, was it not? I don't know if I don't know if opposed any, to the other all, guys out of all these characters that ended up doing it. I don't know if he was the one that, when it was all said and done, made the most or bet the most on it. He because bet one point three billion, didn't he? Yeah, one point yeah, three like, billion. Oh, well, maybe I don't know. Maybe he bet the most because in the end of it, remember there were they were talking about uh, Jamie Shipley and Charlie Greer or yeah. Geller. Mm-hmm. Sorry, they were talking about how they were the only guys, at least out of that group the ones to bet it's like the triple A bonds. Like it right. was originally looked at these guys like, Oh, we're going to, we're definitely going to put swaps on like all these B's, double B's, B's triple B's. B's. Yeah. yeah. Whereas these guys were like, fuck it, dude, these triple A's are shit too. We're just going to bet on these. So I think their margins were much higher. Like they were getting like 200 to one, hundred to one, stuff like that. Whereas right. the, the triple B's, I think we're putting out like 20 to one. Yeah. Right. But I think also at the same time, like their base investment, was only like 10 million bucks i think like it wasn't a lot yeah and so I, I think it was, out you are right so but basically what but you're right though like they did a more high risk bet but invested much less whereas um christian bale's character invested much more but he didn't go for like the eight like the triple a's and double a's and everything like that like he stayed more conservative with that yeah yeah so I, so it, I honestly really good. Steve Carell's character, holy shit, man! Like this guy, like he was so good in that movie, so good. Like that might be one of my favorite roles that Steve Carell's actually done. Yeah, I can agree with you on that. And this is coming from somebody who hates Steve Carell in The Office. Yeah, um, I'm not really an Office guy either. You guys are both fucked in the head. But yeah. that being said, phenomenally played by him as always. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> It's just so funny how they like, I, I it, they explain why he gets to be such a like a narcissist and a pessimist, but mm-hmm. that that's just so funny because in this entire movie he's presented with a situation where he's allowed to be as, as pessimistic as he wants, but he's just so funny when he's doing it. Like in that in that conference when he does like the two part question and he holds up his fingers at the end and he's like zero. <laughs> that was so funny and i also died at the fact that like that actually happened like ryan gosling's character is like that legit happened yeah, yeah. like he yeah. that and he legit that got up and took the call that. yeah <laughs> like that's actually crazy to me um but the one thing i will say about it as well and there was really a part in the movie because this is the second time that i i saw it um and i kind of understood it a lot more but the one thing I will say, and it was probably one of my most favorite scenes, was I feel like Brad Pitt didn't really like have that much of a role in it. Like he wasn't much of like a present character as like Gosling or Steve Carell or Christian Bale. Like it was more of like a backseat role for him. But when Shipley and um what's the other guy's name? Uh Geller. Geller. Like, so they're with Brad Pitt and they're dancing like in Vegas, and he's like, dude, like you're literally betting against people like losing their homes and like literally like against the world economy, which causes, you know, just all these bad things to happen. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, you know, throughout all that move, like that entire movie, I'm like, Oh yeah. I'm like, shit. Like we talk about this thing and like the housing market just as a phenomenon, but like, I didn't really think about, you know, what that really meant. You know, like all these people actually like becoming like, homeless and stuff like people were literally like locked out of their houses like the banks would just come and like put a lock on your door 
And like, that's yeah. just the way it was. Like, it was actually a crazy time in the world in 08, 09. Yeah. That's, it's, it's insane to think about how we mm-hmm. were just, we were all, we were all at an age where we were very oblivious to the consequence of what was going on. Yeah. Um, and, and just to think that it got to that point where I don't know how much of this is Hollywood versus, versus fiction yeah. or sorry, like Hollywood fiction versus, versus fact. But, um, I just, I, yeah, like the, the different characters of the bankers and just the overall attitude of the bankers and how they have this, this whole thing figured out and how they're making tons of money. Like it's just insane. Well, they're, well, they're just point. blinded. Like it seemed like they truly blinded in the concept of like the American dream and just yeah. make, making money and being successful. And it didn't really matter, you know, what the potential outcome was. It was more so like, what am I getting now? And what money can I get right away? Like, it seemed like very, yeah. like, bankers were portrayed in this movie as being very, like, slimy, I would say. Yeah. And just, like, would, anything to make a quick buck. Yeah. Which is, I think, kind of a stereotype that bankers have been stuck with for many, many years. Yeah. It's just like, I'm going to take your money. And I don't, yeah. it doesn't matter how I do it. But, like, I'll get and you you're, you're just And you're just a number to me. That's all you are. Totally. Um, can we just talk about the look on your faces when they said, all right, now we're going to cut to Margot robbing a bathtub to explain this further. Yeah. No, did you lose like your, a... did you, did you lose your marbles there? No, I was paying attention because she was talking. It was, like, <laughs> was probably the most attention I did in that movie. Yeah, I was paying that's... attention to the entire time. But I like, I snapped like a military attention when she started talking. Yeah. You <laughs> give her your complete, and uninterrupted exactly (laughs) you do not even bat an eye when she's talking to you no um it was i i do you guys want to know my first thought my first thought is how can we recreate this in the podcast how can we do video content where we're doing a full episode and then we'll cut to josh in the bathtub i think that'd be (laughs) hilarious it's like now we'll go to now we'll go to Josh in the shower making his football picks for super bowl (laughs) (laughs) now now we'll go to josh with the two and one doing his thing there you go (laughs) Raph, yeah. what was your take on Ryan Gosling? Because he's kind of a scumbag, as you know. Like he kind of see, like he always plays like a sleazy role. I find sometimes his character was a piece of shit, but I mean, like he was methodical. He like, was. He was like smart. Every, he was a realist. It seemed. Yeah, like he, like he, he wasn't overextending himself in a way where he could. Uh, what's it called? What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, come up short, I guess. So like everything that he was doing, he was pl- there. You go. He was he was playing it safe, but he was also playing it in a way where it's like he could make a lot of money based off of other people as well. Like totally. I think at one point he said that he he'd receive like if everybody ends up doing this, he gets like a what is it like a twenty million dollar bonus a month yeah. or something like that. And at the end of the yeah. movie, it shows him getting a bonus check. He's like, "This is even the amount of money I made. This is just a bonus for forty seven million dollars that I got." Right. And it's just like he played everything so well, and he and he was smart about it. But yeah, he was a giant piece of shit. He was an asshole. He did strong arm people. Yeah, but I mean, he did it now, the proper way. My other question as well, and this is directed at both of you, is what was his actual job? Was he a banker? Like, did he bet against his own job pretty much? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, because right? he was he because, worked like, for the he was involved like he knew what was obviously going to happen, but he saw it before anybody else. He worked for Deutsche Bank. Yeah, I don't remember what his exact title was, but he basically convinced Bomb to bet against Deutsche. Right, and then Bomb's company. What? Well, now he was an investing company. Yeah, 
But what did like what was his role as well? Like what did he do? Bomb. So him and him and his him and his investing team they they were own I guess owned or partnered with that bank. I think it was Morgan Chase, right? Is that what it is? Right, Morgan Chase. And yeah. so they were partnered with that bank, but completely independent of it. Right. By like in terms of decision making and stuff like that. But like Morgan um, Chase had obviously like some oversight there for sure. Oversight and just like obviously had capital investment within this fund. So right. Right, right, yeah, right. when he was yeah when he was betting against all these when he was making these credit swaps, he was unknowingly betting against his own bank as well. Yeah. The one kind of general question. I wonder if any guys can explain this to me because I, I haven't googled <laughs> it yet. I imagine there's an explanation out there, but I don't really fully understand this. Is when this was all said and done, who paid them? Well, the banks owed the money. Yeah, pretty much. So the banks owed the money, and because they were like they they basically because I think they were like repossessing like houses and all that, they were giving that money back from people. So basically, yeah. like yeah, because like people had to like essentially lose their homes to pay off their debt. Like yeah. that's how that, that like that's how repossessing works. Is like they'll take they'll take shit from you. They'll evaluate it at a money standpoint. Or like at a certain cost, and then that's what they use. Yeah. So like so, when people, yeah, when people lost their shit, like that, their that their houses were valued at a certain price. Yeah. So when, so in numbers' sake, when Mark, when when uh, Burry says he makes, let's say, made a billion dollars off this, he made a billion dollars in repossessed housing and all the and all these debts paid back essentially by the American people because the banks were bailed out. Yeah, by I think it was like the U.S. Treasury, but also at the same time, then what that does is that puts the U.S. economy even more down because they're going into more debt. Yeah, yeah, you're going right? into a free fall with everyone's housing situation. Yeah, too. because like the world, the fucking world market like crashed. Like it wasn't just the U.S. Like everything crashed, which is yeah. crazy. Like I think it, this was compared to, if not worse, than the crash of what, what was it, twenty nine? What do you mean, two thousand nine? No, 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 twenty nine. Like oh, the crash the in nineteen twenty nine. Yeah, like I think well, it was similar to that. Yeah, I, I just I, I imagine the comparables are just impossible to do because of like just back the then. Times. Yeah, back then, like they couldn't get food. Like mm-hmm. no one was yeah, able to true. afford food or like even find food. I wonder because it yeah. was just like a different world. Whereas we're like in the in the U.S., we're never going to run out of food. No, no. So yeah, yeah that, that's kind of interesting. Um, <laughs> the last point I have about this is that email that Michael Burry sent to his investors or yeah, to the people that were invested in his firm where he was <laughs> like, I'm, I'm invoking like extraordinary measures and no one's allowed to leave. Like that's just, so, can you imagine yeah. waking up and reading that? You're like, Oh fuck. <laughs> so basically what that meant though, like that email basically implied like what he's like, I have your money and I'm not giving it back to you. Yeah. It, basically. Kind of it. What it meant is that because there was, like he he believed he had evidence that the banks were being fraudulent in their in their evaluation of his uh of his shorts right. and so because this was there was some clause in the contract of him with him and his investors that if he ever needed to invoke extraordinary measures because of some like i don't know if it was unfair or unpredictable situation that he's dealing with mm-hmm. that he was allowed to do that for a certain amount of time where his investors cannot decide to pull their money because what that would, if they pulled their money, obviously they'd be taking a huge loss. Right. right, And and it would, it would affect the rest of the fund. So he was just basically saying, nah, fuck you. 
I'm keeping your money and we're going to make money. And they did. They made billions. Yeah. Disgusting dude, amount. Dude, that's crazy. Could you imagine just investing with that guy or like that firm? And all of a sudden, like in like one year, it's like, yeah, you can't like, I'm literally like holding your money for you. and You can't do anything about it. And you're like, I'm yeah. fucking to you. And then like, in like seven months time, you're like, huh, I just made like $50,000. Maybe that wasn't a bad idea. You <laughs> well, know what I mean? They're like, making <laughs> millions too. They're making hundreds of millions. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because he was in this for two years. Like these guys are probably waiting six months to a year for this to happen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, insane. The craziest thing about this was, um, was how when I think not, I don't Mark Baum was, but yeah, Mark Baum was, he was talking to the two real estate guys, like the two sleazy guys. Yeah. And he's like, and they were kind of explaining like, how do you like buy a house? And like, you don't even have to have like proof of income. Like that literally yeah. says, he's like, I don't even put the income. He's like, I'll just make up a number. Like, what do you mean? And then like when they're in the strip club and the girl's like, like literally talks about one thing. And Mark Bond just drops the bomb. He's like, your your rates can increase to like 200%. And he's like, that's just on one house. And she's like, yeah, yeah. Like I've got multiple properties. And she's like, I've got three condos or like six condos or something. And I'm like, holy shit, dude. This girl's a stripper. And she's like, she's going to get absolutely, if I'm permitted to punch, she's going to get absolutely railed when this thing comes crashing down, (laughs) which which is nuts. So I was watching that part. I'm like, holy shit. Like, that's wild to me. See, what what would you rather, what would you guys rather live in? Would you rather live in 2020 Vancouver where you have to literally mortgage your nutsack to get a, get a 500 square foot apartment? Or would you rather live in 2009, like New York city or, or the the States where you can just get five condos on stripper cash? Oh dude, I would easily take the Vancouver one because like the values can go up. That's no fun. I know it's not, but I'm going to, you don't think we'll be looking at the Vancouver housing market one day. and We'll be like, Oh yeah. How could we not see it blow up? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we just bet against the Vancouver market right now? Boys? We should do. Well, no, because that now we know people. This would be an exact familiar situation where we would be getting, we'd be betting against our own friends. That would yeah. not be good. That'd be unhealthy. We'd be there. Sure. So we would like. We would literally pop bottles on the same day they'd be on the streets and be like, "Oh shit, not good." <laughs> we we would need a Brad Pitt in our life. Raffle would be Brad Brad Pitt for us. Yeah, I can exactly. do it. I can play the yeah. role. <laughs> me, me, and Elijah be celebrated the homeless. You guys are insensitive pricks, and we're still dancing. <laughs> no fucks given. And be like, "Fuck it, let's go make a podcast about it." Why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, boys, that was okay. the big short. What's up next? Uh, my pick. Wait, we gotta do ratings. Ah, I always forget about yes. the ratings. Oh yeah, and then we'll look at IMDb, and then we'll okay. I'm gonna give this one. I really like this movie. Like, really liked it. I'm gonna give this a nine point one. Ooh, I'm going eight three, uh, seven nine, seven okay. nine. I'm gonna so part of the, re- part of the reason I like this do. movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna just gonna say part of the, the the thing I'm noticing about my own critiquing of movies is that not only do like I like the characters, I like the plot, I like I like little fine little little fine tuned things. Like even just the way they transition from scene to scene. If it's like in a with with a certain type of music where it's not it's not as fast paced, but it's kind of just like comically fast paced you know it's mm-hmm. not like just super emotional that's what that's what i was thinking about this movie okay no my note i'm gonna throw in there um so imdb gave this movie a 7.8 out of 10 Whoop. 
Um, and then Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 88%. So it's not bad. So it's, it's up there for sure. Holla at us. That's sick. So my pick, bite is going to be the movie Valkyrie. Valkyrie? What the fuck is that? Valkyrie. Is that, um, is that, the, new, is that the Leonardo movie on Netflix right now? Negative. It's with Tom Cruise. Valkyrie. Isn't it like some sort of war movie or something like that? 2008. So, so it's a war movie. It's basically about... I don't want to spoil it. I, don't wanna... I read yeah, the synopsis. Yeah. About Hitler, yeah, Nazis, no, so it's, so it's basically So it's basically it's a story about the most successful assassination attempt on Hitler during World War II. So like there were obviously multiple like attempts like just between like when he took power to uh, when he killed himself in forty five I want to say, um, but this was the most successful to the point where they like they almost got away with it. Um, cool. Yeah, Josh, have so, you Josh, have you seen this movie? Yes. Yo. Yes, and I I, I really like it. It's one of my it's one of my favorite <clears throat> war movies for sure. Like it's and not I'm, like it's not combat by any means. Like it's very like political and behind the scenes, but it's pretty. It's it's really good. Josh, is this a, is this a trend of you picking World War movies right now? No, I have a I have another one lined up for okay. good, but it's not going to be a war movie. Sexy man, I like that. Uh, yeah. Any idea if it's on Netflix? Where where can I listen and watch it? It's on it's on Netflix. On Netflix, okay. So Valk- yeah, Valkyrie V A L K Y R I E. Sweet. So by this time next week, we'll have watched Valkyrie, and we will have watched the Canucks, I think, play three games. Holy shit, isn't that wild? We're back, boys. We're back. We're back. It's going to be back. Uh, next week, tune in. We got our first interview in a while, and we're kicking off interview season as well. So yeah. We got guests, so we've got segments, we've got laughs, and we've got some gross-ass lines coming your way as well. And the Browns are going to win. Let's go. Four and a half. The Browns won. The Browns won. Thank the Lord. All right, boys. That was episode 10. Everyone keep it real out there. Oh, harder, baby.